Alrighty, so uh, here we are, find ourselves in week four of our study through the book of Philippians uh, that we've entitled uh, A Joyful Community. So week one, we looked at how a joyful community unites around the power of the gospel. Week two was a joyful community is a prayerful community. And last week was a joyful community advances through adversity. Uh, today, week four, we are looking at how uh, a joyful community becomes more like Jesus. So we're going to jump into today's passage, which is Philippians chapter 2. Uh, we're going to read from verse 1 through to 18. It says this, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind, doing nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, valuing others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but to the, each to the interests of others. Verse 5, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky, and you will hold firmly to the word of life, and then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this passage this morning. Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts and our minds to hear and receive the truth that lies in this passage for us today, Lord God. Let it not just be information, but let it be applied that would result in transformation into our lives as we follow you. We thank you for this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So for me, these 18 verses, while there's a lot in there, there it's, it can be so dense and overwhelming and it feels like Paul is bouncing from thought to thought and you might have found yourself going, what did he even say there? Um, essentially for me, as I read through this, and we could take multiple angles here, I suppose, but, but for me and this message, I, I think it hinges on verse 5 where he says to have the same mindset as that of Christ Jesus. The same mindset the same mentality as that of Christ. So the question needs to be asked, well, what does the life of someone look like who has the mind of Christ? If somebody adopts the same mindset as Jesus, what would their life look like? Well, we see that through these 18 verses. We see that, verse 2, that they fight for unity in the church. 
In verse 3, this type of person will do nothing from selfish ambition or vain conceit. This person will humbly value others more than themselves. In verse 4, they will look to the interests of others and not just their own interests. In verse 7, they will take the form of a servant. Verse 8, they, they are humble and obedient to God's call on their life. Verse 12, they work out their salvation with fear and trembling. They do everything without grumbling or arguing. Verse 16, they hold firmly to the word of life. And in verse 18, these, these people are glad and they rejoice. Now this list, this list of attributes, this list of, of, of aspects of somebody's life that, that, that has the mind of Christ, it looks exhausting. And it's almost, it can like trigger some sort of religious performance anxiety in us as we look at it. But let's remember the words of Jesus. In Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 to 30, he says, Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. That's, that's from the message paraphrase. I absolutely love that. And although this list of traits we've just gone through act as indicators of someone who, who has the mind of Christ, they are certainly not a religious list of do's and don'ts. Uh, we see, because Romans 12.2 says that, that we are transformed by renewing our mind. We're not transformed by, you know, complying to a list of certain moral behaviours and attributes. Proverbs 23.7 says, as a man thinks, so is he. So really, it starts with the mind, not with the lifestyle. As a fun little anecdotal story, let, let me geek out for you just a, a moment. Please indulge me. Um, grow, growing up, I was profoundly impacted by uh, a man named Kobe Bryant, um, who is one of the all-time great basketball players. Uh, I was so impacted by him that for the past 20 years, when I've played, I've played with the number eight jersey, which was the number jersey that he was. Um, because as I watched him play, I wanted to play like him. And somehow I thought, well, maybe if I have the same number, that will magically transpose his skill and talent to me. And, and no, that's not the case. That doesn't actually work like that, I've found. Um, but yeah, I, I've absolutely loved him uh, as a basketball player. And I remember this, this like it was yesterday. It was the 26th of January, 2020. And um, I got a text that morning from one of Anna's older brothers in Sydney. And, and the text simply read, I'm sorry to hear about Kobe. And I thought this was kind of strange to receive a text from him because he's not a basketball nut like me. I thought it even stranger still because the day before, LeBron James had passed Kobe on the all-time scoring list in the NBA. Even stranger still was the fact that Anna's brother would somehow know this and then send me a text uh, sort of acknowledging this. It was crazy. But a little later that morning, as I flicked on the news, I was shocked to learn that Kobe and his 12-year-old daughter had tragically died in a helicopter crash. And I was genuinely sad that day. I don't normally get sad when celebrities die. I don't have that personal relationship with them. Um, um, but... But for some reason, I, was, I had a sad day that day. Um, see, Kobe was one of the greats. 
He entered the NBA at the ripe old age of 17, straight out of high school. And from the moment he hit the court, he dominated the league. He won Rookie of the Year in his first year and will go on to win five championships with the LA Lakers, as well as dozens of other accolades and achievements. And currently to this day, he is fourth in the all-time points scored in the NBA. Uh, indicator of his greatness was in the final game of his career at age 37 he scored 60 points which is a ridiculous amount of points for one person to score in a game in the NBA he was a true champion in every sense of the word his nickname was Black Mamba after the very aggressive and deadly African snake of the same name because like the snake he was fast he was aggressive and he was deadly his nickname, Black Mamba, grew into a philosophy due to his incredibly extraordinary uh, work ethic. And this is where uh, they, a philosophy called Mamba Mentality was born. It was reported that Kobe would wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning, do a two-hour workout before breakfast, then do a, a further three to four workouts and training sessions throughout the day, and he would do this day in and day out. Whenever there was a team practice, he would be there two hours before everybody else shooting and training and getting himself prepared. If he had a bad game, he would stay back in the arena till the small hours of the morning, practicing all the shots he'd missed in the game that night. Mamba mentality was what drove him to be so ruthless in his training and in his performance during games. And here's the thing, right? Many young players try to get up early. Many young players do multiple workouts in the day. They get to practice early and they do all of these things to try and capture the mamba mentality. But they never even come close to achieving what Kobe had achieved. Why? Because here's the thing. Getting up early, training multiple times a day, arriving early to practice doesn't give you the mamba mentality. However, the mamba mentality gets you up at 3 a.m. It gets you to the gym multiple times a day. It gets you early to practice. It makes you the hardest, person work, hardest working person in the room wherever you are. It starts with the mentality that overflows into the reality. And it's not like we start with, oh, if I can get all the, 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 the ducks in a row and do all the workouts, then I'll get that mindset. No, no it starts with that mindset. In the same way, Christians try to do more good deeds, witness to more people, attend more services, pray more often, read the Bible all the time, avoid PG and above movies, only listen to worship music from the 1970s, um, but they don't necessarily attain the mind of Christ. However, when you do attain the mind of Christ, it will compel you to fight for unity in the church. It will compel you to do nothing from selfish ambition or vain conceit. It will compel you to humbly value others more than yourselves, to look to the interests of others and not just your own interests. It'll help you take the form of a servant. The, the, the mind of Christ, once you attain it, will help you work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It will help you choose humility and be obedient to God's call on your life. It'll help you do everything without grumbling or arguing, to holdly firm the word of life and to be glad and rejoice. So how, how do we get the mind of Christ? Well, we have to remember when it comes to our discipleship and, and our Christian behaviors, we, 
We mustn't get bogged down in striving to appease religious tradition by moral behaviours. Instead, we must first renew our minds to Christ and the transformation into behaviour and lifestyle will follow that. This is the power of the gospel at work in us. We saw the gospel at work in the very start of this, this church in Philippi. We saw the gospel reach uh, Lydia and touch her in her mindset that resulted in her being incredibly generous. We, we saw the gospel reach the slave girl and set her free into brand new life by the supernatural power of the presence and power of God. We saw the, 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 the jailer um, saved by Paul's example in that prison cell that led him to faith in Christ where his whole household got baptized. This is the power of the gospel. It starts in our mind. It's not like Lydia had to get a lifestyle right in order for God to pour himself out. It wasn't like the slave girl had to somehow cast a demon out of herself to then receive Christ or the jailer had to start getting his life prioritized correctly. No, no. The, the power of the gospel meets us where we are at and then we, we, we get transformed into the likeness of Christ when we adapt the mind of Christ. It's not about our works or what we can achieve or what we can do in our own strength. It's not about moral behavioralism. It's about following Jesus' invitation that we saw in Matthew 11, where he says, come to me, get away with me, and then you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. Hey, walk with me. Would you work with me? Watch how I do it. Learn from me the unforced rhythms of grace. I'm not going to lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. This is, this is what it means for, for the heartbeat of our church, which is to be with Jesus and be like Jesus. This is what it's about. That when we are with Jesus, we are in his presence. And one of the greatest things that we can get from the presence of God is not just necessarily healing or breakthrough or provision or power or a fresh touch or a fresh anointing. And I am all for all of those things in abundance. But I think one of the greatest things that you and I can get from being in the presence of God, from being with Jesus, is a thing called perspective. That we get to see things in their rightful context. We get to see things in the order of which they actually are. We get to see uh, things in a perspective that helps us make better decisions in our life. And when we are with Jesus and we get that clearer perspective, then we are empowered by God and his presence to be more like Jesus and be created in the image of Christ. And so back to this, this key passage that we've just read through this this first part of uh, Philippians chapter 2 is, is I think this whole thing is hinged on verse 5, which is to have the same mindset of Christ. To start to think about how Jesus might think about stuff. And we've talked before about the, you know, the 90s and the WWJD wristbands. Uh, you know, and, and as kitsch as they might be or as, you know, as cheesy as they might have been, and gimmicky, I, th I think that that's an incredibly profound concept. What would Jesus do? 
And I guess that's, what's, that's sort of that thought process, that heartbeat is what led us to, to our, our vision. And, and Anna and I, the heartbeat we have for our church is to be with Jesus and be like Jesus. And, and that's why we've made these little silicon wristbands that, that say be with Jesus, be like Jesus. And they're available for free after, whenever you want, come and grab one. And I wear mine as a constant reminder that when life gets tough, what, what's it really all about? It's, it's being with Jesus to get a greater perspective on things, to hear from heaven, to, to be connected with God, so that when I see things clearly, then I can be more easily like Jesus. And I, I start to, as I get the mind of Christ, then I start to get the lifestyle of Christ. And it's not the other way around. Being with Jesus empowers us to be like Jesus. Religion says, hey, first of all, you've got to be like Jesus, and then you'll be accepted to be with him. And, and that, that could not be a more... Um, insulting approach to the gospel which is come as you are i'll meet you in your mess i'll meet you as you are just be with you come with me Uh, walk with me work with me jesus says keep company with me and i'll teach you how to learn freely and lightly and so we, we we're with jesus and then we be like jesus so this uh this message today is a joyful community becomes more like Jesus. The weeks gone past, we've looked at a joyful community um, unites around the power of the gospel. A joyful community is a prayerful community. A joyful community advances through adversity. And today, a joyful community, the church, you and I, we become more like Jesus. But it's not through religious striving. It's not through... um, you know, behavioral therapy and behavioral management, it's through looking to have the same mindset of Jesus Christ. Because we are transformed by renewing our mind. We're not transformed by doing more religious duties. We're not transformed by taking on more of a Christian persona. We are transformed by renewing our mind. And what do we renew our mind to? We renew our mind to that of Jesus. How did he think? What did he do? What did he say? The kingdom of God has been revealed through the Son of God. And so as we read Jesus, as we see Jesus, then we start to see how the kingdom actually works and our role in that. Let us pray. God, I thank you for everyone here today. I thank you that you would help us in all of our our lives, no matter where we find ourselves, Lord God, that we would... um, We'd be encouraged by this passage to have the same mindset of Christ. That we would stop thinking about how the world sees things or how the media teaches us things should be, but we would, we would ultimately be transformed by renewing our mind to how you see things, God. Help us to study Jesus, look to Jesus, and not just in a sense of theory, but in, 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 a, in a real sense of being with him in his presence, that it would form and shape us to be more like him. Lord, would you help us? Would you strengthen us that we can lean on your spirit and power in our discipleship journeys? In Jesus' name, amen.